everybody, and welcome to episode 198 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Steph, and Adam. We have a fantastic episode lined up for you guys. This episode is all about the Fearless Tour. As some of you guys may know, we are celebrating the anniversary of the Fearless Tour. The very first show was on April 23rd, 2009. So, I mean... Unbelievably, that makes it the 8th anniversary for Fearless. It feels longer than that. It feels like in another universe. Yeah, in a way it does, but it also feels like it was just yesterday at the same time. You know, looking at Taylor from 8 years ago is really interesting and cool because she is so different, but so much the same person that she was eight years ago on the Fearless Tour. And it's really awesome to just go back and relive some of the best moments of basically the first real headlining tour that Taylor has ever had. Well, and it's so interesting, especially when you sort of jump from looking back at the Red Tour, which we did a few weeks ago, to looking back at this tour, because the changes in Taylor's look and sound seemed so gradual as the years went along. But now if you look back from her first tour to her most recent, it's like crazy. Yeah, I really enjoyed the discussion we had on episode 191 about the Red Tour. So if you guys like this episode and you missed that one, definitely go back and listen. It was a great discussion. Well, I can't wait to talk all about Fearless. But first, we have a few other things before we really jump into it here. May 1st was the Met Gala. And as you know, Taylor likes to go to Met Gala just about every year. Now this year, unfortunately, she was not there. But a little bit later in the episode, we're going to be talking all about the fashion that Taylor has worn throughout the years. Actually, you're just going to be talking about it, Nate. Because I am so good at fashion? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, we haven't had it for many weeks, so we have to give you what little we have. Well, as you know, I'm quite the fashionista, or fashionisto. I think you just invented a new word. (laughs) We can go with it. Well, anyway, I'm excited to talk about it. It's always a good time. Did you see some of the outfits that some of her friends were wearing at the Met Gala? There were definitely some really out-there outfits, and some that I really liked. The theme this year was Art of the In-Between. And as you know, they always try and do interesting sounding themes. Last year, it was fashion in the age of technology. I think the outfits that I saw, especially on Taylor's Friends, seemed to fit the theme really well. Yeah, a personal favorite of mine was definitely Blake Lively. She had, I mean, I have no technical knowledge to describe this with, but basically a gold long dress with a blue like feather tail coming out of it which is really cool looking actually yeah i really like the blue at the bottom it's actually two tones of blue and then there was Haley steinfeld had what i would describe as sort of like a short black romper with then a long sort of train attached to the back hey i know what a romper is (laughs) <laughs> I would hope that by this point, after two years of, of a romper era, that you would know. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. I liked Carly Kloss's outfit, and her hairstyle made me think about last year, the 2016 Met Gala, because she dyed her hair bleach blonde, and it's pretty short, and it looked a little bit like Taylor's. Uh, it was more straight, though. It wasn't curly or wavy. Her outfit is pretty simple, but I really like it, just with the black and white. The sleeves have little white cuffs, and the neckline is also outlined in white. 
And Selena went with something a little more traditional, but I definitely really like it. It's a long white spaghetti strap dress with a slit up the front and some beaded detail on it that's really pretty. And her hair also looks good. Yeah, it's like shoulder length bob, basically. So hopefully Taylor will attend again next year. This seems to be the year of all award shows and carpets lacking Taylor. Very true. Although last year, because she was the co-chair, maybe she just didn't want to steal the spotlight if if she would have gone. The drought was the very worst. (laughs) Very true. Well, at any rate, it was a really interesting Met Gala. So if you guys haven't seen the photos, definitely go and check them out. There are some very interesting styles, of course, as you guys always know. Moving on to, honestly, I think it might have surpassed fashion as my favorite segment. It is the trivia segment. So I have an awesome one lined up for you guys. Um, It kind of ties into Fearless Tour. So you guys better put your thinking caps on, because this one's kind of tough. Sounds good. I think Steph got it easily last time, didn't she? She did. Steph is the champion at the moment. Nobody else has answered any of my trivia questions correctly. You always have tough ones. And to our listeners, our hosts have no idea what the question is that I'm about to ask them. So we're just going to kind of go for it and see what happens. So my question for you guys this week. In 2008, for which country artist did Taylor sing background vocals for? Kelly Pickler. Oh my gosh. That must have been easier than I thought. I mean, I I immediately knew that, but I thought that was too obvious. I thought that was common knowledge. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a little too easy there. Okay, bonus points. If you can guess what song she sang background vocals for. There was a song that Taylor wrote with Kelly called... The Best Day of Your Life. The Best Day of Your Life, yes. That's right. And Taylor is included in the music video. She is, as a matter of fact. Oh my gosh. Literally, this is my answer that I had written down. Kelly Pickler, Best Days of Your Life, from the self-titled album Kelly Pickler. She also helped co-write the song and appeared in the official music video. Literally, you guys knocked it out of the park. I don't know. I thought that was pretty easy and you oversold it. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably just because Steph and I have always been country fans, so we've always been well aware of that song. I suppose that's true. I mean, for me, that Kelly Pickler thing just goes so far back that maybe some of Taylor's fans nowadays might not even know, you know, some of Taylor's roots, basically. Well, anyway, it ties in because if you guys did not know, Kelly Pickler actually opened for Taylor on the Fearless Tour. So, fun fact. Yeah, I really liked Kelly as an opener. I thought she did a great job, and I loved how Taylor and Kelly always hung out together. Yeah, I mean, I haven't followed... Kelly's career too closely, but I definitely still enjoy her music, and I'd like to see her again one day. I think Taylor should just have one big reunion of all the opening acts that she's ever had, and just have this, you know, massive concert of her and the openers. That's what I think. That would be cool. That's a great idea. Alright, Steph, so you have two points. Everyone else has zero. Well, although Ashley would have gotten that. I would have gotten it. I just really thought that was so easy that it couldn't be the question. (laughs) And Steph got it right away. (laughs) I thought you were trying to trick me, but I just blurted it out the first thing I thought of. Well, fair enough. I'm just going to have to double down and find an even harder question for you guys next week. Well, without further ado, we are going to be moving on to some of Taylor's older tweets and Tumblr posts. So the first one that we have for you guys is from May 4th, 2009. Taylor tweeted, Trying to turn off the lights with my mind is not working. It appears I might actually have to get up and physically turn them off. 
Lame. She needed one of those clapper lights. I totally forgot about those. I love those things. <laughs> Our next one's from May 5th of 2010. A sadder tweet. Please keep Nashville in your heart. Seeing a picture of the Grand Ole Opry halfway underwater was a kind of heartbreak I can't describe. And that was, there was a huge, huge flood and the Opry was pretty much destroyed and they had to rebuild everything. They really rebuilt it quickly. They did, because it was not only the Opry itself, but the entire shopping mall that's next to it, that whole area. Yeah, I remember that well. I can't believe it was seven years ago. And I believe that Bridgestone Arena, which is where Taylor has played a bunch of times, it used to have a different name back then, I think, but I think that arena got flooded and damaged as well. Yeah, it was called the Summit Center. Well, our next one is from May 2nd, 2012, and it's a great one. Taylor tweeted, Meredith in various displays of bad posture. This is happening a lot lately. And she included a little collage of Meredith on the top of a chair, on the carpet, on the floor. She likes to sprawl. You know, for as much as Taylor has tweeted or posted about Meredith and Olivia, man, do I miss those posts. We don't see anything like that anymore. Me too. At least Taylor could give us a post and let everybody know that she's okay, because we haven't heard from her in months and months. Yeah, even when Taylor was in New York more, sometimes people would see Meredith sitting in the window (laughs) and they would tweet photos. That was a couple months ago. I remember those pictures, yeah. The mayor stare. The mayor stare. Yeah. Even if we could get something like that, that would be fun. Our next tweet is from May 4th, 2013. We're playing our first stadium show of the Red Tour in Detroit tonight. Ford Field, 50,000 people. Cannot wait. Did any of you guys go to that show? I actually did. Did you? I thought you might have. Yeah, it was awesome. That was my first time seeing Taylor in the stadium. Cool. Wasn't there a special guest at that show? No, I don't think so. 1989. Yeah, 1989 she had Imagine Dragons in that same stadium. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember it was somebody pretty good. But it was very cool seeing the Red Tour come to life in a stadium when I had seen it in an arena. So our next tweet comes from May 5th, 2014, almost a year after that one. And Taylor tweeted, That moment when your cat casually walks up, then abruptly attacks your custom satin Oscar de la Renta gown during your fitting for Met Ball. (laughs) An iconic moment that will live on forever. And on the same day on Tumblr, Taylor posted a photo of her and Carly getting ready for the Met Ball and captioned it, Hair, Makeup, Motown Dance Party. And in that photo, you can actually see Taylor's dress hanging in the background. Oh yeah, look at that. That's really cool. Well, then on May 7th of 2015, Taylor tweeted, Neat Catastrophe. Hashtag Bad Blood Music Video. And if you remember, that hashtag got a special emoji with a little band-aid and a bullet hole. That was the coolest thing. Yeah. And there was so much anticipation leading up to that music video. Every day, or even multiple times a day, we were finding out more about who was going to be in it. Yeah, it was really exciting. I don't think any other music video had the kind of build-up that that one did. Yeah, it was very unique, for sure. Yeah, basically every day Taylor was tweeting a new poster of somebody who's in that video. You know, I think that should be one of my trivia questions. Try and name all of the character names of everyone who's in the Bad Blood music video. 
I don't think any of you could do it. <laughs> Ooh, I could probably name all the people that are in it, but not their character names. Are we really doing this right now? <laughs> oh, yes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe in the future. I'm pretty sure I could name at least a lot of them. Anyway, so that's all we have for some of Taylor's older posts. Now we are going to move into, as Ashley has described it, my favorite segment, Fashion, where we'll be talking all about some of Taylor's past Met Gala looks. Well, we won't be, just you will. Just me, mostly, right? <laughs> as I struggle through reading some of these designer names. When I look back at all these pictures from over the years... It's funny because I really don't remember ever being that aware of this event until 2014. Yeah, me too. I feel like maybe it didn't seem as important, or maybe it became important in the last couple of years, and maybe it was more of a event that was quieter and not as highly publicized. I'm not really sure. I just think for Taylor, maybe because we were always seeing her at so many award shows and red carpets that it just didn't get as much notice. Especially because it's always in the spring, and Taylor always had so many award shows in the spring, especially when she was still in the country music genre. Right, because she would have the ACMs, possibly the billboards, the CMTs, always so much going on in that time. The MTV Movie Awards, yep. I remember always seeing the pictures and just being aware that she was going to Met Gala, but I never actually fully understood what Met Gala was. I don't know if that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. I remember seeing all the photos, but I didn't know what it was. And kind of like Ashley said, it didn't seem like a big deal to me until 2014. And it wasn't like she was the co-chair then. She was the co-chair last year. Well, she's always broadening our horizons. <laughs> so the very first time that Taylor went to the Met Gala was in 2008. And the theme that year was superheroes, fashion and fantasy. Anyway, so Taylor, she ended up wearing this really interesting, almost like, and bear with me when I say this, but like mermaid scales. Does that like make sense? Oh yeah, that's how I would describe it. Gold mermaid scale dress. And of course the classic curls that she used to rock back in the day. And these really gorgeous earrings that she was wearing. Uh, I wish I was better at describing these. Um, big and sparkly and they match her dress, so... And the dress was kind of like an ombre sort of dress where the top is lighter and then it fades darker in the middle and then even darker at the bottom. Is that what ombre means? I hear that all the time. Yeah, you're learning something new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, ombre. And in my head, I'm like, what are people talking about? A lot of people do that to their hair, Nate. So you'll know if you see somebody's hair like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Well, the 2010 look is pretty classic, but I really liked it a lot. She had a white off-the-shoulder dress that was just long and flowy and kind of like a flouncy skirt at the bottom. It kind of reminds me almost of, like, I don't know, like uh, Marilyn Monroe or something. I don't know, just some type of really elegant, like, 1950s-style like type dress. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that seems like a good comparison to me, too. The theme was fashioning a national identity, which I don't really get what that means, but I feel like that's kind of almost the point. Yeah, the themes are very obscure every year. Maybe they do that, so they just leave it open to interpretation and just see kind of what shows up. I think so. That's a good point. In 2011, the theme was Alexander McQueen, 
Savage Beauty. And Taylor wore this gorgeous one-shouldered dress that was kind of cream bronze with a lot of black lace detail. And the bottom had a train and a lot of ruffles at the bottom. And she had her hair pulled back with great red lipstick. I've always really liked the print on this dress. Uh, almost like beeves, kind of, uh, but not really. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I like the print on this dress. Yeah, I could see maybe leaves, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) It almost looked like she was wearing, like, a map. The print looks like a map to me. Okay. Yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah, you're right. I see it as well. Yeah, like a landmass. Yeah, with with the ocean there. Very interesting. And I like the pulled-back hair look, because you don't get to see it too often, and it looks good. 2013's theme was punk chaos to couture and taylor wore a black dress and she had what i would call a really really big necklace that went around her neck and out onto her shoulders and she looked quite different because she went with very punk themed makeup which when you think about punk i think about Avril Lavigne and how she always had those dark smoky eyes and that's exactly what Taylor went for in I normally think about pink hair but she didn't go that far not that far (laughs) I definitely really love the dress yeah I thought the dress fit the theme perfectly and I loved her hair in this it was half up and half down which she very rarely does and I think it's a good look agreed but is the thing at the top is that a necklace i always thought it was part of the dress i'm not sure that was just my complete guess so maybe i'm wrong it does go onto her shoulders i think it's part of the dress it's hard to tell if it's a necklace it's sort of like a choker which taylor has been into lately well and because she does have a bracelet on that looks kind of in a similar style either way it was a cool look and our next one actually is one of my all-time favorites 2014 the theme was Charles James, Beyond Fashion. And anyway, the dress that you wore, super elegant. I mean, this dress was obviously tailored to fit the theme of Hollywood, basically. But gorgeous, just really long, flowing, a lot of fabric. I'm sure she had somebody carrying her dress. And it was light pink, and it had some nice um, texture of some kind, like on the front. And her hair was uh, curly and short, and of course she was wearing the classic red lipstick that we no tailor to wear all the time. Anyway, gorgeous, gorgeous dress. Yeah, I'm with you, Nate. This might be really one of my favorite dresses of all time. And I remember some time had passed, maybe at least a year, but when Taylor was talking about this dress, she said it was her favorite dress she's ever worn. Maybe that's changed since then, but it looked like a fun dress to wear. Well, then Taylor did not attend in 2015 because the 1989 world tour was starting. But she did come back in 2016, which I'm sure we all remember, which was fashion in the age of technology. And if you guys don't know, this is when Taylor debuted the short bleached hair, wearing that kind of metallic-y shortcut dress. Yeah, the bottom of the dress had tears on it. And in a way, the metallic kind of reminds me of what Nate described as the mermaid scales from her very first appearance at the Met Gala. But... Like we said, this marked the debut of Taylor's bleached hair. She previously had the bleached hair for a Vogue magazine shoot, but we didn't see Taylor after that, and we weren't quite sure whether she only had the bleached hair for that 
cover or if she was going to keep that as a change. And so when she came to the Met Gala with this hair, for me personally, I thought, okay, this is the new era. She's going to keep this hair. We'll be getting an album this fall. And I was very wrong about all of that. But Taylor was actually featured in this outfit again on Vogue magazine in a different issue. So Taylor was actually on the cover of Vogue twice last year. And, you know, something I kind of noticed about this look that kind of stayed around for a little while, apart from, well, the bleached hair, of course, but it was the lipstick colors that she chose. It was a lot darker than the reds she would normally wear, or she'd even wear, like, like a purple. But yeah, the dark lipstick basically stuck around a little bit more. Yeah, and then she later went back to not bleaching her hair, and I think going with the more neutral or red lipsticks. We don't know what she's doing right now. Maybe her hair is purple or blue. Hmm. Maybe that's why she's hiding. She had a bad haircut. (laughs) (laughs) So Nate and I said that the pink dress is our favorite. How about you, Adam and Ashley? Yeah, I would have to agree. Though I did like the 2013 punk look also. I'm going to go with the 2010, the one that Ashley termed as the map one. That one was great. She always looks great. Well, hopefully in 2018, whatever the theme is, I hope that Taylor attends. Uh, I'm not sure by then, you know, who knows, who might have, dare I say, album six. But hey, I'd love to see her there again next year. Fingers crossed. And we will be right back with our main discussion. All right, now on to our main discussion, the Fearless Tour. We are counting down our top 13 moments from the Fearless Tour. And to go along with some of these, we have some great clips that are going to put you guys back into the moment, back into the Fearless Tour. And I can't wait. I'm really excited to dive into this with you guys. Yeah, it's really awesome because I used to watch Journey to Fearless all the time and then haven't watched it in a while. So getting ready for this episode, I really had a chance to go back and reminisce over some of those things. And to kick off our countdown with number 13, we chose the very beginning of the tour the opening song you belong with me with the marching band theme and the iconic outfit change yes that's right but to start out i remember because i went to the fearless tour one time and i remember taylor coming out from underneath that stage and i don't think i had seen any youtube clips or anything like that so i didn't know what to expect and then she came out in her big band hat and band uniform along with the entire band and dancers as well I believe and it was a really cool moment to start out the show yeah and when I saw it my show was outdoors in I think late June and I remember it being really hot out and just being concerned about her in that outfit (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing it really is iconic when I think about the fearless tour this is the performance that I think about first is the you belong with me performance me too. I think just because of the marching band outfit. But anyways, it's really quite significant. Well, yeah, and it was such a great way to kind of burst onto the stage and <laughs> set the tone for the whole show. So our number 12 moment for the Fearless Tour, we chose the You're Not Sorry mashup with What Goes Around by Justin Timberlake. That was pretty much the first time she did that. And it kind of set a precedent because she continued to do it for example, with Stay, 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 she mashed that up with the Lumineers song, Ho Hey. Apologize, back to December. Right, and then now she's just doing it with her own songs, with Enchanted and Modest Dreams. 
And it's usually a mashup. Well, I guess not stay, 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 but it's often a mashup on the piano. Right. That's a good point. You know, that never clicked until you said that right now. And I don't know if at this point Taylor had ever met Justin Timberlake, but... That's what I was going to say. Was it? (laughs) Yeah, do you guys remember? I'm not sure. I think she did. The first time she met him was actually when she was on Ellen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ellen brought out Abigail and surprised Taylor with Abigail, and then Justin was the second surprise. And I think it was 2008. I think it was before the Fearless Tour. It was. It was Fearless release week, I think, November 11th, 2008. Oh, wow. And they're still friends, and he just came out on the 1989 tour in Los Angeles. You know, the best part about that Ellen video was how much Taylor was fangirling over Justin when he walked out. She was just in total shock. I just think it's really funny to think about Taylor fangirling about anybody. It was like Taylor was starstruck, because she was. It is funny to think about. And now Justin, for example, in that one interview, she was in a car when Justin called her, and it was to confirm that he would sing at the LA show for 1989. And in the article, the author wrote how Taylor was just flipping out. She could not believe that he actually wanted to perform with her on the 1989 tour. So even from 2008 to that year, 2015, she still is starstruck by him, which I think is great. Of course, Justin wants to perform with her on tour though. And our next moment, number 11, I'm Only Me When I'm With You, which was an encore song that Taylor would often perform, and she would bring out Kelly Pickler and Gloriana to perform with her. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. Didn't she She cut this during the second leg of the Fearless Tour, right? And didn't she switch it to Today Was a Fairy Tale? Yes, I think you're right. I was lucky enough to get to see both, because I went to see the tour at the beginning and then a couple times at the end, but... I really liked how she just brought them on stage and there was confetti everywhere. And I love that song. Me too. It's such a fun song and it got everybody jumping, all the band members of Gloriana. And I don't know about you guys, but I was a fan of them back in the day and I really enjoyed seeing them as an opener. Oh, absolutely. I bought their whole album to get ready for the tour and... I love their music. Uh, I'm sad that they're not really around as much anymore. Right. Their song Wild at Heart. I always love that one. Yeah, I saw them in concert in 2012, which was after Cheyenne, who was one of the female leads, had left the group. But they were still, even after that, really, really good. They've always been very talented. And I think the reason why Taylor switched to Today Was a Fairy Tale in 2010 was because that was right around when Valentine's Day, the movie, was coming out. Right. It did make sense for promotional purposes. I just wish she could have added it instead of deleting Amelie Me When I'm With You. Well, it seems like every tour we've had to suffer through that one or two <laughs> songs that she's removed and we never know what it will be or when and you never know when it's the last time you're going to hear something. That's very true. Yeah, so even looking back on it now, yeah, she's always done that. People were pretty upset with some songs being cut during the 1989 tour, but it happens. For number 10, we selected the Journey to Fearless TV show and DVD, which Ashley was just talking about. And if you've never seen it, you should go watch it. It's amazing. 
it not only covers the tour and you get to see it if you've never gotten to see the Fearless tour, but she also gives some interviews in it. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of backstage content in that video too, so definitely worth checking out. I think it's on YouTube as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think you can just search for it and watch it there. If you want a physical copy, I'm sure you can find it for pretty cheap online somewhere. Yeah, this totally had to make our list. Anytime that there is a concert DVD, I mean, that just automatically makes it in. And what I really just liked about it a lot was just how much behind-the-scenes footage and commentary from Taylor was mixed in with the performance clips because we didn't really get that on Speak Now. We obviously didn't get it for Red. And on 1989, there was some of that, but I wanted more. Yeah, I wanted more, too. Our number nine moment was the performance of Love Story and the entire backdrop and how the stage became a castle, which was so cool. What was especially cool about the setup for Fearless is Taylor designed everything, which she always does, but she was so young back then. She knew exactly how she wanted the stage to be and pretty much told everybody what she wanted. And I remember before the tour started, she did an interview with Hoda and she went through all of her ideas and how she brought her ideas to life for the set of this tour, which I always thought was just really remarkable. I think one of the coolest things, which Steph, I mean, you basically just said, but was that she designed the entire stage specifically around this love story performance. And it ended up that this performance was basically the crown jewel of this tour. And on that note, didn't she actually have it planned out when she wrote Love Story? I remember seeing a drawing or something of, uh, you know, the castle from way before the tour even started. Yeah, you know, I think I've seen one too. Maybe it was actually in that interview with Hoda. Oh, that could be. If you Google it, it might come up. Because it was a really good special uh, just on network TV before the tour started. And of course, Taylor did another costume change during this song, changing from the red dress into the white one. Do any of you remember, there was one day, I forget which show it was at, but she was walking down the steps in the red dress, and her dress got caught on the side of the steps. I remember that. I do too, yeah. She had to yank at it really hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She just kept singing while she's trying to yank her dress. You should also look that up if you want to see it. It's pretty funny. But it shows what a true professional Taylor is. And she really sort of kept the kind of castle theme with the performance of Love Story on Speak Now and Red Tour. Or at least the princess theme. Right. Speak Now, you have the flying balcony. And Red Tour had the really cool kind of toy box thing at the beginning. And then after that, obviously, it was a big change to the 1989 tour version where we got the whole new arrangement of Love Story. And I really feel like it's the song that Taylor has put the most effort into keeping fresh over the years. Well, now that you say that, it makes me wonder whether Taylor will ever go back to the classic Love Story version or if she's going to continue with this 1989 pop-esque version of the song it's really hard to say i think she'll continue to reinvent it last week on episode 197 we talked about how taylor is going to be performing love story probably for the rest of her career 
And so it's one way to not get bored with it. She just reinvented it. Maybe it'll be part of a mashup next tour. I could see that. She always comes up with new ways to make a song different and new. Even if you look at Trouble and We Are Never on the 1989 tour. Yeah, that's very true. And they're always fan favorites, so. Well, speaking of the fans, uh, our next one, number eight on our countdown. So this moment was in the performance of Forever and Always, but specifically this one moment. It was right before the part of the song where Taylor would be singing, Back Up, Baby, Back Up. And Taylor would be out on stage, and she would kneel at the end of the stage and extend her hands and actually hold the hand of whatever fan or fans happened to be right up front in the front row. I just always thought that was really cool. Um, And Taylor really hasn't done anything like that since the Fearless Tour. And Taylor would always describe it as this really intimate moment that she would have with the fans as she performed the song. So, I think as she described it in Journey to Fearless, the very first time that she did this was kind of a spontaneous decision and then she felt like she really connected with people so she started doing it every night oh yeah that's right very spontaneous uh like the first show where she just happened to put her hands out and the fans happened to hold their hand to kind of you know comfort her and it just always resonated with her lucky fans that's for sure could you imagine being in that front row Something like that could not happen anymore with the way the stage is designed and the security that's needed. And Well, and another interesting thing about this song that happened just during one show, Taylor actually slipped and fell while she was performing just on the main floor level of the set. And she just, again, kept going, got right back up and kept going with the song. So I was always impressed with that. It looked like it hurt when she fell too, but she just kept going. Yeah, I remember that. It was not a graceful fall, but the recovery itself was definitely graceful. Our number seven moment is something that definitely sticks out when I think of the Fearless Tour, which is the should-have-said-no waterfall that she ended the night being drenched. Yeah, that was so awesome. We actually just talked about this a couple weeks ago because we were talking about Taylor performing it on the ACMs and how... That was the first time she did that, and it was such a great performance. And when I saw it on that award show, I was hoping she would incorporate it into the tour. And what was really cool was the waterfall actually had words written in it, like no. So if you're sitting not right up close, you could really read all of those words. It was just such a great way to have a grand finale to this tour. I still don't know how they did that with the waterfall. That is so cool. Yeah, I always wondered, how did they do that? I mean, how can you make water fall and have it not fall in other places in order to spell words? It would have to be some really intricate shower system where only certain valves would turn off and turn on again as the song is playing. Or whatever it is, I don't know. Either way, it's still one of my favorite performances of all time. And I remember occasionally you would see backstage footage of taylor she always would have this purple bathrobe that she would wear when she got off stage and then they sold that in her store for a while you could buy the same bathrobe yes i never got one i didn't either i regret it still i regret it too oh yeah that's right and you would always see her in tea party photos with wet hair yes (laughs) (laughs) and that actually leads to our number six which is the tea party and of course the tea party was 
when Taylor would meet fans after the show, she would have her mom or crew members go out and pick the most enthusiastic fans and they would be invited to the tea party. She would meet with fans and take photos. And it really was the start of something so unique and not typical of any other artist. And one of the many reasons why we love Taylor, because she wants to connect to the fans. She never has people pay for meet and greets. She genuinely wants to interact with fans. And every tour, we've had to wonder, is she going to keep this around? And the name of it has changed, but the concept has stayed the same. Club Red, Loft 89. Yeah, you're right. You know what's funny? Even at the 1989 tour, I still saw signs that said, like, Tea Party, please. Or invite me to Tea Party. Like, come on, guys. You're behind the times here. It has changed a little bit from that. Yeah, and it would be sad if it ever had to go away. I think if you look at Taylor's stature today, she's the biggest star in the world, in my opinion. I know I'm a little biased, but I think it's also kind of just an objective fact that she is. And the fact that she can still hold those intimate meet and greets after a show is, I think, great. Other artists just wouldn't do it. They would say, well, I don't have time for this. I don't want to do it. So I do hope it continues. I feel pretty confident that it will. I think it will, too. I think it's just as important for Taylor to meet her fans as it is for her fans to meet Taylor. So I don't see it ever going away. All right, so that brings us to our top five moments of the Fearless Tour. So for each of these that we do, we have some sound bites to supplement these to really bring you back into the Fearless Tour. So without further ado, number five, Taylor singing The Best Day to Mama Swift for Mother's Day. So I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but if any listeners haven't heard yet, I was actually at this show, which was very unique and very cool to be at. How amazing. Oh my gosh, what an iconic show. So yeah, I don't think it was on Mother's Day exactly, but it was right around Mother's Day, and Andrea was in the audience, of course, and Taylor sang the song to her. And the most unique thing about it is that she ended up messing up the words So the line in the song that goes, and now I know why all the trees change in the fall. I know you were on my side, even when I was wrong. She had messed up the lyrics earlier in the song. And so when she got to that part, instead, she said, and now I know why all the trees change in the fall. I know you were on my side, even when I got the words wrong. And she kind of laughed as she sang that. (laughs) I love how quick she was with that. What a great memory. Yeah, so she made fun of uh, her mess up earlier, and uh, she sang it to Andrea, and it was a great, great moment. Now, which show was that actually at? Where was that at? It was in Moline, Illinois, which is out on the border of Illinois and Iowa, and it was in May of 2010. Wow, I'm insanely jealous that you were at that show. 
Yeah, me too. I don't know if I've said this before or if I said it maybe before Adam was on the show, but I had tickets to that show and ended up not making it. So oh, no. add that to my list of regrets. <laughs> I had really good floor seats too. Hashtag Swifty regrets. <laughs> you know, and anything between Taylor and Mama Swift is just so touching. They have such a close relationship. So just to have Taylor sing this song, and in this case, especially such an iconic performance of this song, definitely makes our top five. So number four on our countdown is Taylor singing with Faith Hill at the Summit Center in Nashville, and they were singing The Way You Love Me. was maybe Taylor didn't freak out quite as much as Justin Timberlake, but it had to have been such a bucket list moment for her. Oh my gosh, if you go back and watch this video, you can just see how excited Taylor is that Faith Hill is there performing with her. Like fangirly excited. I'm going to have to go back and look at the video of this if I can find one on YouTube because I feel like I don't remember it or I vaguely do, so that's something I'm going to want to rewatch. Yeah, it was at a time when Taylor really didn't have special guests on tour. So for her to actually have somebody come out was really a rare and special moment. And Faith Hill is so important to Taylor. Her first single is named after Faith Hill's husband, Tim McGraw. And the three of them have just maintained a close relationship throughout the years, which I think is really cool. Number three on our countdown the trash can drum battle that Taylor had with Caitlyn before should have said no. I always thought this was so well done. It was one of my favorite parts of the show. I think I've mentioned before on the show, I was a drummer myself. And so anytime I see Taylor doing percussion things, like these drums before should have said no, the bell in Haunted, and of course the drums in Holy Ground, I just love it. And it just shows how talented Taylor is. She can play so many different instruments. And for this particular portion of the show it really set up the performance for should have said no the finale it just had this slow build up to the spectacle we were about to see and even just the way it was kind of like a back and forth between taylor and caitlin yeah like they were almost competing when they were playing these drums right it really was it was like they were competing and every time i saw it live i 
just would think about how much time they must have put into rehearsing that to get it exactly right. What really stands out to me about this performance, actually, is how many hair flips that Taylor had. (laughs) I really think it should be a requirement to have a drum solo in every single tour. I would stand behind that. Oh, I 100% agree. And hey, who knows? Album six. Taylor, if you're listening, drum solo next tour. So number two on our countdown is when Taylor sang Hey Steven randomly in the crowd. So for those of you who don't know about this performance, what Taylor would do is, as she has described herself, go deep into the arena and go, you know, under the arena and up these staircases and down elevators and up elevators and out of snack bars and just kind of pop out into the arena from any given door and just start singing Hey Steven right in the crowd, which, first of all, just the fact that it's Hey Steven already makes it amazing. But second of all, Taylor flipping wherever the stage is to just a random point in the crowd is absolutely unheard of. For me, this was one of my favorite, just because I had a really cool experience with it. I got tickets for Taylor's show in Charlottesville through Kelly Pickler's fan club. So I thought they would be really good seats, but they were kind of far away, sort of in line with the B stage. So for the beginning of the show, I was kind of cranky. I was like, we can hardly see. This kind of stinks. And my sister kept saying, I bet she's going to come to our section for Hey Steven. And I said, but at the last show, she was on the other side, so I don't think she is. And then when the video is playing... If you all remember, there's this video when she's walking back where it's Tim McGraw's being interviewed and then Steven from Hey Steven, Love and Theft, the band, is being interviewed. Wasn't that the Crimes of Passion? Right, the Crimes of Passion video. (laughs) Ah, the Crimes of Passion video. I remember now. Such a great video. So the video is being played and I glance over to my right and I see this mic stand being set down right by my row. Are you kidding? I actually hurtled over the rope. <laughs> <laughs> I've never moved that fast in my life. And I and the row in front of me was empty, so that's why I was able to hurdle over it. And I Oh nice. Went right to where the mic stand was. Some people were in front of me, but she came there and was just right beside me. I could have reached out and probably pulled her hair. Pulled her hair. <laughs> and it's so pretty. I just kept thinking, like, I really want to touch her hair, but I don't want to get kicked out of here. So I just behaved myself. And it was really the greatest moment of the Fearless Tour for me. I never thought I would get that close to Taylor. That is amazing. On a similar note, for me, when I went to the iHeartRadio Festival in 2012, which was right before Red came out, we had no idea what the the set list or the show was even going to be because it was just, you know, this festival performance. And right when a few minutes before Taylor was set to come on, we noticed this massive like security clump sort of like blocking at the entire door to our section. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, oh, 
I'm pretty sure I've seen that guy escorting Taylor around. I wonder what's happening. <laughs> and they start sparks fly and she comes right down our aisle and I nearly passed out. Oh my Very gosh. cool. <laughs> was the security guy Jimmy? <laughs> I don't think so. This was a little bit earlier. I feel like he came around the New York time. Mm, fair enough. Taylor basically when she was singing Sparks Fly, was walking down the stairs of our section, and then she stopped about halfway through, which was pretty much right next to me, sang a verse, and then kept moving, and eventually went down to the floor. But it was so unexpected. It was just crazy. Well, yeah, it must have been really unexpected, because she hasn't really done that, other than maybe at performances like the iHeart Festival. But on actual tour... And for concerts, she hasn't actually gone out into the seating of a venue like she did on the Fearless Tour. Yeah, sadly, I think those days might be over. Right, it is a risk. Although it's kind of surprising that she did it even when Ashley was able to see it. Yeah, and there was so much security. I'm guessing probably <laughs> a lot more than there was on the Fearless Tour. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember there being a ton of security. Like I said, I could have just grabbed her hair and pulled it and i i would have gotten kicked out for sure you may have gotten kicked out but hey you would have gotten a few pieces of taylor's hair for your taylor's energy so too bad you didn't get on the journey to fearless dvd that would have been cool yeah i was kind of lucky i later found a photo in the la times of taylor on the stairs where i'm kind of in the background of it oh cool oh that is cool that's insane not to brag, but <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was at the time the closest I had ever been to her. Well, all of the feels have built up to this moment. Our number one spot for the Fearless Tour countdown are the Fearless Tour vlogs. Hey, Tay. Are you wearing my headband? Again? I'm wearing our headband. I need some tape. We agreed we'd share. And it's my night. We didn't agree that. It's nice, we did. We did. We did. It's no big deal. No. But yeah, just, you know, keeping it warm for you. It means that you need to uh, keep your hands out of the elevator door or um, the doors will snap your finger off like a crab. Thank you, Holy. So we went on the road for about three weeks and went to Europe. And when I got back, you know, you, you leave my dad and brother to, to fend for themselves, and there are going to be things like, "What? What is this?" this it's like it's like nine things of spaghetti cooked up. We've been living off this leftover pasta for like a week. It's like survival. So much fun. I miss those. Oh my gosh. I so wish that Taylor still did these vlogs. They are amazing. Going back and just watching Taylor Chronicle 
her travels around the world for this tour. It's incredible. Yeah, I miss those. And the song selections were always fantastic for every single vlog. They were. Those vlogs really introduced me to a lot of good music. And not only would you see random moments in the tour of these vlogs, but you would see these silly either backstage or behind-the-scenes looks with Taylor as she traveled the world on this tour. Yeah, there's really nothing like it, even with the times when she's been more active on different social media channels. It just doesn't compare to getting that look into her life. Yeah, I definitely miss them. Yeah. You know, the closest thing that I think Taylor has released since then is in the 1989 World Tour Live video on Apple Music is when Carly and, well, all of Taylor's friends, basically, recorded their experience at the 1989 show, which was awesome. I would love to see something like that again. Yeah, it was called the Carly Cam, I think. The Carly Cam, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was fun. Even something like that again. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Well, we never know what she'll have planned for this next album. I predicted earlier that she'll be doing Snapchatting, but maybe she'll have some other social media way to connect with fans. Even though we do miss the vlogs, you can't deny that she does do everything she can to use social media to the fans' benefit because she likes connecting with us and interacting with us. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what she'll do next. I think that we know that even though there's no way to predict it, she never disappoints. Definitely. And I think after everything that we've just covered with these 13 moments, big hats off to everything that went into the Fearless Tour, the Fearless Tour itself. Everything was amazing. Such an incredible time period for Taylor. So if any of you guys listening to the show agree or disagree or want to share some of your favorite moments from the Fearless Tour, maybe you guys were at a show or two, definitely let us know. You can reach out to us on Twitter at SwiftCast13, uh, basically any social media, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, all SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com, or you can find all of those things at SwiftCast13.com. And just one final reminder for you guys, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, and it will download our latest episode for you automatically. And be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes, and that helps other people find our show easier. So in total, we have done both the Fearless Tour and the Red Tour by recapping our 13 favorite moments from each. And we will be, in the coming weeks, recapping both the Speak Now Tour and the 1989 Tour. So stay tuned for that. Dive into some throwbacks and nostalgia with us. I'm excited. I am too. I always love going back and having these nostalgic episodes. It's always fun to hear about everybody's experiences and just reminisce. And it doesn't seem like it's been long enough to reminisce about the 1989 World Tour, but it's been two full years. How crazy. It really has, yeah. So for episode 198 of SwiftCast, this has been Nate. Ashley. Steph. And Adam. We will see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.